Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this presentation on medication reconciliation and case management. I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. In this presentation, we're going to define medication reconciliation and explore the process for ongoing medication reconciliation. And we're also going to talk about, of course, why it's important. Why do we need to reconcile med medication? Well, to screen for potential side effects or in indication, uh, indications that medications need to be adjusted. Blood pressure medications and antipsychotics, for example, are very sensitive to blood plasma levels. So if the person loses a bunch of weight or is dehydrated, it may affect the level of those medications and, or if they gain a bunch of weight. So it's important to be aware of these things. If we know what medications the person is on and they start having side effects, then we may be able to say, you know what, you probably ought to go see your primary or your psychiatrist and get reevaluated. I've done this a lot, especially with people who are on thyroid medications. In inpatient settings, medication reconciliation helps us ensure that all medication and dosing is transferred to the next level of care. When I worked in inpatient settings, we would often have people enter through detox or the crisis stabilization unit and then be transferred to a 30-day residential program. And it was important when they transferred departments or programs, whatever you wanted to call them, that we knew what medication they were on and generally that their medications came with them. So, you know, we could check against the medication record to make sure that we had all the medications we were supposed to have for that person. And the nurse could plan, you know, if they came in, sometimes people came in from the jail and if they came in from the jail, a lot of times they only had three days worth of medication. So the nurse would have to jump on it to order medication to make sure that the person didn't run out. And she could do this by seeing the medication record and knowing that, okay, this person, you know, only has enough pills for the next two or three days. So this is an emergent issue. In targeted case management, medication reconciliation allows a single point of contact to assess for medication compliance. And a lot of times this is done through pill counts. Um, but when you're working with people who are on medications, whether it's for health or mental health reasons, sometimes they may not take them as they're supposed to. And a good medication record can let you know, okay, how many pills should still be left in this bottle on the 15th of the month or whatever day it is that you're doing the medication count. In outpatient settings, medication reconciliation can ensure new caregivers, new doctors or counselors or whatever, are aware of current medications, doses, and re reasons for the medication. Switching primary care. You know, you always go through that medication reconciliation process when you start with a new doctor. Sometimes if you have an illness away from home, you know, you're visiting family in Florida and you get sick and have to go to the doctor, you'll probably go through a medication reconciliation process so the doctor knows what medications you're on and why, and they can make their best diagnoses and make sure that they're not prescribing anything that's contraindicated. Medication reconciliation involves information management. So the specifics of implement, implementation will depend on the organization's exi 
existing staff and processes for collecting, using, and communicating medication information. Some of it in some organizations may be done exclusively through the electronic health record that everybody has access to that's involved in that patient's care. Other organizations may not be quite as unified, so you may have to communicate through facts or through, heaven forbid, paper charts. Uh, it's important to recognize how are you going to get this information from point A to the appropriate person in point B. Medication reconciliation is an ongoing process, not a single event. You want to do it at least quarterly. When you do your quarterly reassessments for counselors, for case managers, for whomever, um, it's important to also do a medication reconciliation process because people will have things come up and their medication often changes, you know, throughout the year. As patients transition from one care setting to another or one service practitioner or level of care to another, you need to go through that medication reconciliation process again. So when somebody went from detox to residential, the nurse wouldn't just take the paperwork from detox and assume they had everything they needed. She would sit down and she would go through the medication with the client and say, okay, are these the medications you're on? Are these the doses you're on? And the client would either say yes or no. And if something was missing, they would be able to note it there. And the nurse could follow up on it. Same thing if they were coming from, you know, outside. You know, they were direct admissions. Or if they were coming from somewhere like the jail. Uh, it was important for the nurse at the point B to go through the medication reconciliation log to verify that it was accurate and complete. And medication reconciliation should also happen when medications are changed. So if somebody is on an antidepressant and other medications and they, the doctor decides for some reason to switch them to a different antidepressant, um, it may be important to go back over all of the other medications that the person is still taking to make sure that this new medication doesn't conflict with something that they're already taking, whether it's a prescription medication and over-the-counter medication or some sort of herb or supplement. On that line, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, uh, but CBD oil is something that a lot of patients are taking regardless of their age. And it actually does interact with a whole lot of medications, like virtually every medication out there. So even though CBD oil is not a prescription, it's vital that patients let their prescribing physicians know that they are taking it so doses of other medications can be adjusted as needed. Effective medication reconciliation requires integration of its steps into existing processes for medication management and patient flow, rather than simply adding new tasks. It's important to make it part of the flow instead of saying, oh, and by the way, you've also got to do this over here. You know, it becomes part of the intake check sheet, for example. You want to do medication reconciliation at patient admission or intake, the initial patient assessment. When there's medication ordering, preparation, and dispensing, when you're documenting care, when there's internal patient transfer procedures, when you're communicating information among providers, when you're doing discharge planning, 
And when you're doing patient education and providing them with discharge instructions, you're going to, in each one of these instances, going to be going over medication. And it really isn't overkill because a lot of people will start taking supplements or, you know, something they saw on Facebook or heard about from a friend and they won't notify their physicians. So it is important to do this kind of frequently to make sure that you're aware of what's going on with the patient. So what are the steps? There aren't a whole lot of steps, but it's important that we follow them. Step one is to create a best possible medication history or BPMH. This includes all prescribed medication based on the advice of a prescriber and all non-prescribed medication or medications that aren't based on a prescriber's advice. And this can include regular and as needed prescribed medications. So, you know, anything the person takes every day or as needed that there was a prescription for. And medications that are typically prescribed, but the patient is taking without an order from their doctor. For example, they may be, be taking their husband's Xanax or something. Not, that's not something that I'm advocating for. I'm just saying I know it happens. Um, so it is important to recognize what they're taking. Regular and, you know, daily and as needed non-prescription medication like NSAIDs or antacids. Complementary or herbal medications or supplements like SAMe or um, 5-HT. Recreational, licit and illicit drugs, including CBD, caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, and where it's legal, mar or, well, licit and illicit marijuana. Uh, we do want to include all of these things because they interact with a variety of medications. And essential oils can also interact with cytochrome P450 enzymes, which are responsible for your metabolism of a lot of different medications. Uh, not saying, again, that any of these necessarily need to be eliminated if they're helping the person, but it's important for the doctor to know about it so they can adjust other medications appropriately. Creation of the best possible medical uh, me medication record requires the use of a systemic process for obtaining a medication history from multiple sources by interviewing patients and or the family when possible, verifying and documenting the history and clarifying any conflicting information. For example, maybe the person was prescribed Boosborone um, 15 milligrams twice a day and they report that they're taking Boosborone 7.5 milligrams once a day. Well, that's conflicting. So what are they actually taking right now? Other sources should never, like, you know, records from the doctor and what the doctor has prescribed should never be a substitute for a thorough patient and or family medication interview when possible because patients do monkey with their meds. Step two, verify and document the history with more than one source. This can be talking with pharmacists, physicians, or home care providers inspecting medication containers. And that's what a lot of physicians actually do. They say, tell me what you're taking and how you're taking it. And let me see the medication bottle so I can see what you're actually supposed to be taking. Patient medication lists. Some people keep a list of their medications going and previous patient health records. Sometimes when people switch physicians or 
go to a different treatment provider, they may bring a copy of their health record. The best possible medication history record includes the medication name, dose, frequency, route of administration, and serves as a snapshot of the patient's actual medication use, even though it may be different than what was prescribed. With prescription medications, some people may not be taking it as prescribed because they didn't like the side effects. It was just, it made them feel wonky and they said, no, I'm not going to take as much or I'm not going to take it at all. Or on the other side, they may like the side effects too much. So they may be taking more than they're supposed to be taking. They may not be taking it because it's too expensive, in which case it's important to connect them with patient's assistance programs. Or they may think that they just don't need it. They may think, you know, I took it, you know, it didn't really seem to make that big of a difference. So why bother continuing to take it? We need to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. So we can help them as much as possible. Admission of the medication reconciliation process uh, can be proactive or retroactive. In the proactive model, the best possible medication history is created prior to writing admission medication orders and used by the prescriber to write the admission medication orders. In some situations, such as inadequate staffing, the medical status of the patient, maybe they're unconscious or too um, drunk to provide you a good record. If the patient is a complex situation or there's incomplete information available to complete a best possible medication history prior to the admitting orders being written, a process should be in place to reconcile the admission medication orders to the best possible medical history within 24 hours, which is the retroactive process. With the retroactive model, uh, the primary medication history is completed and orders are written before the best possible medical history is created. In this case, the best possible medication history is created and compared against the admission medication orders retroactively. Um, ER admissions, detox admissions, or in the case of an admission of somebody who is um, unable to communicate all of their issues. Maybe they have Alzheimer's or something and they're not able to remember what's going on. Sometimes they they need to be admitted and then the medical professionals will worry about reconciling everything within 24 hours. Discrepancies between the best possible medication history and the admission medication orders are identified and resolved with with the prescriber if clinically appropriate. The medication should be reconciled within 24 hours of the decision to admit the patient. Step four, at the end of the episode of care, the best possible medication discharge plan should be given to the patient and primary care physician or alternative care facility or health care team that will next be providing care to the patient. On receiving the best possible medication discharge plan, or the BPMDP, the various recipients should assure that their records are updated to accurately reflect the patient's current medications. A lot of times, medications, somebody may enter the crisis stabilization unit on 
X panel of medications. And while they're in the crisis stabilization unit, the psychiatrist may change their medications. So it's important that when they are discharged, they have a new record of their current medications and their attending psychiatrist or physician in on the outpatient side updates their records so they know that, okay, Sally is not taking these medications anymore or the dose was adjusted. That way, everybody's literally on the same page. Patients are the only constant in the process and are in the best position to provide up-to-date information about the medications that they actually take. Patients should be educated about the importance of participating in medication reconciliation by keeping an up-to-date list of their medications and or bringing in their medications when they're admitted to the hospital or they change providers. Providers are encouraged, really heavily encouraged, to use non-judgmental, compassionate attitudes towards patients to encourage an accurate account of all substances they are taking. Many times people are ashamed or they're afraid of judgment, so they will not tell you about supplements they're taking. They will minimize how much they're drinking. They will not tell you that they're taking their spouse's prescription or something. And it's really important that we get that information. If you think about the uh, sentinel event prevention in your agency, uh, preventing medical errors. It's important that there is a, an attitude in your risk management department of, we would rather know about what's going on so we can handle it as appropriately as possible than have you keep it from us. Um, and then have something bad actually happen. Um, when people tell us about medications they're taking not as prescribed or other medications or supplements they may be taking that could be contraindicated, it's an opportunity for us to educate them and let them know kind of what's going on. Obviously, they're independent individuals. They're going to make their own decision, but we can educate, we can support and it's, again, it's so important to be non-judgmental and compassionate, understanding that people are probably taking some of these supplements or, or what have you in order to try to help themselves feel better because the treatment they've gotten up until now clearly hasn't been cutting it. Patients should be encouraged to speak up if they believe a mistake has been made with their medicines and should demonstrate a clear understanding of how to take their medications, especially after changes have been made and at care transitions. The regimen should be discussed in the office and, bold, capital, underlined, and patients should be given a patient-friendly written information on the updated regimen. Not those things like we get at the pharmacy that have microtype and they're three pages long about all the side effects and this, that, and the other. Something that is very succinct and explicit. This is the medication. This is how you're supposed to take it. This is how often, you know, this is what to do, you know, bullet point it as much as possible so people don't look at it and go, oh, I ain't got time to read that. Assessing a patient's understanding of their discharge medication plan can provide information to you about required improvements to the discharge medication reconciliation process. So if they are ready for discharge and they're still asking questions about, well, I thought I was on this medication. Why am I on this one? Then that tells us there's been a breakdown somewhere 
in the process when their medication was switched. So it can help you improve your patient care. Given that many medications and supplements interact, it's important to have a complete list of everything the person is taking, including, again, CBD oil, caffeine, nicotine, um, cannabis, anything that they are putting into their body that is not food. Um, it's important that the doctors know about. Additionally, when transferring between providers of levels of care, it's essential to ensure a complete best possible medical history or medication history is provided to all active providers, not just the treating physician, because a lot of times there's a multidisciplinary team. It's important, for example, you know, in behavioral health, that the counselor has an accurate list of medications because we see clients on a weekly basis and we're in a better place to notice changes in behavior, side effects, problems than the psychiatrist, for example, who sees them once a month or once every three months. So we are in a better position to say, you know what, it seems like this may be going wonky. Why don't you reach out to your psychiatrist? So we want to make sure that everybody on the multidisciplinary team and the patient has an accurate medication history for that patient.